From Harare, Zimbabwe to the World Wide Web. You are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Every week, we lead you in conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Our goal is to get you to ask questions and compare what today's culture is telling us versus what the Bible says. If you're a non-believer, we hope that our conversation will shed more light on what the Christian faith is really about. Never miss an episode by subscribing through our website, www.radiantculture.africa or you can find us on iTunes. Like our Facebook page, look up Radiant Culture and follow us on Twitter at Radiant Culture. If you're on Instagram, it's Radiant underscore culture. Radiant Culture. It's live. It's truth. It's lit. Stay tuned. Welcome to Radiant Culture, another exciting episode where we get to talk about all things radiant and cultural. Ha, not cultural, not really. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as you can see, this is not your usual show. Your show has been taken over. It is entirely legal. The normal hosts are safe. They are secure. <laughs> They are fine. We are just here managing things. We're dealing with the criminal. We're now. dealing with the criminal elements that otherwise, anyway. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> uh, so you've got me here today, Biscuit, and uh, Mr. Kent. Say, Mr. Kent. Yeah. How's it going, guys? Entirely different flow. And we have got a special guest here. We've got Sean, who's going to be talking to us about whether everything can be attributed to God or not. Um, when, when good things happen or bad things, I guess, is it God or is it us? Is it man? Is it us doing it? When do we know who is who or what the difference is between those two things? Um, so we're going to dive right into it. We've had a lot happening here in Zim, a lot of fun, exciting things. Uh, what just happened over the last week or so is um, we changed presidents. We hadn't done that in a while, uh, like 37 years. Um, and we've got a brand new man in charge. Uh, same government, but also not the same. There have been changes there too. And um, it was so crazy and so hectic that the whole nation actually came out and marched in the streets. Uh, you could call it protest or you could call it a very loud request to have the previous president <laughs> step down, not violently, just step down and have some new people come in, which is exactly what happened. And this, is, this has never happened yeah. anywhere in the world. Most of the time when these events usually called coups, but this was not a coup. Mm. This is a coup that was not a coup. It was a cool coup. It was a, it was a cool coup, <laughs> a silent coup. But it happened and there was no bloodshed. There was no violence. There was no looting. There was people peacefully marched and they chanted, they cheered for the military and so on. So looking at it, considering the history of the nation, people were always concerned and scared that a change in power here would be drastic, bloody, and violent as it has happened across Africa. Yeah. Or, and in, not even just in Africa, in other countries too. But for it to happen so peacefully here begs the question, was this God? Were all the prayers we'd had over the last couple of decades answered? Were they answered in the most unexpected way? Yeah. A, a miraculous way? Mm. Or was this man finally doing what he wanted to do? Because it was the military. We didn't see any 
any angels, or maybe we just didn't have our eyes open. And, <laughs> and we, we, there was no heavenly noises or thunder or lightning. There was no man, well, no, no act of God. By that I mean like, yeah. you know, an, a natural disaster type thing yeah. happening. There was nothing like that. It, it kind of just happened. We went to sleep one day and we woke up the next day and we had mm. a different president. So what, what is... All right. I'll, I've introduced it. Yeah. <laughs> you can add on if there's need to add on. So you're very precise, and that's what we want to just delve into and just discuss that. Because um, on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, if you scroll and you, you search hashtag Zim or whatever hashtags that were being used last week, you'll find that there are a lot of different views, a lot of people that are praising God, and you'd know that those are Christians. But you also have some Christians and non-Christians who are responding and saying, okay, let's look at it this way. What did God have to do with this? Mm. Because as far as we can see, it's the military that intervened, the people supported the military, the people, the people that marched. It was people in a parliament that were about to impeach a president. It was people, 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 people. We didn't see any sign from heaven. We didn't hear, thus says the Lord. Uh, we didn't hear any prophetic words, um, although there's a prophetic word that we're now seeing that was you know, delivered by Prophet Makandiwa. But it only came afterwards, or we only, it, we only saw it after the events had happened. So people are arguing, did God have to have anything to do with this? So, Sean, mm. what do you think? Well, first, it's great to be on uh, Radiant Culture again, and I've looked forward to this discussion. Uh, I think I get to choose a new name too. Can I yeah, get a name yeah, yeah, you can. You can. <laughs> I think. I mean, the month of November is a great month, and I think I'd like to go by the name Budzi mm -hmm. uh, from now on. <laughs> So, so we're, we're letting go of Wasu now. We let go of Wasu. It's now Mbuzi. Uh, what's your totem, Mbuzi? Where are you from, Mbuzi? Everything's got to do with Mbuzi these days because it all happened in the month of Mbuzi. And uh, you're right. A lot of things happened. And the great question is, do we attribute it to God or to man? Uh, and to begin with, I think we need to say that uh, God is the creator of all things. Yeah as it says in Genesis 1, and the sustainer of all things. You know, in Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says Jesus sustains all things by the word of his power. Yes. So absolutely everything in heaven and on earth, absolutely everything gets started in God and with God because he is almighty. God is almighty. So any might expressed, any bit of energy expressed is from God because he made everything and he sustains everything. So if we can start with that mm. as our focal point, I think it helps to start answering the question of whether, hey, was this a direct act of God or was it something that happened because of man. Actually, man gets to live and move and have his being because God's the one who gave him mm. life and yeah. gives breath and gives energy, gives knowledge, gives wisdom to all things. I'd love to read a scripture, if that's okay, and kick off from Proverbs uh, chapter 21, verse 1. And it says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. So no king anywhere on earth, no president anywhere on earth, no one in authority, no person anywhere on earth has the power of ultimate self-determination. Mm. No one 
can determine anything for themselves apart from God. In fact, it's God who allows us to live. You know, he determines the day of our birth and the day of our death. Mm. So I think I'd like to open it with that broad uh, opening in scripture and that uh, you can come back from that one if you want. <laughs> wow. So, so maybe I could say it's both. Okay, so first of all, everything happens ultimately because of God. God is not, not involved in anything. He's involved in everything mm. because he gives power and authority. But man does have a significant role to play. And it can either be in obedience to God and his commands and seeing the strength and energy and life and breath that God gives and use it for his glory or take his free will from God and be disobedient or, or do whatever he likes with the strength and energy and voice and whatever God's given him for his own ends or for sinful ends, as it were. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, my, my brain is churning and I'm trying to, to <laughs> align my questioning <laughs> properly. Okay. <laughs> you have a go, Kent. All right. So, okay. I guess the fundamental question here is, was this a direct act of God in response to prayer? You know, uh, we saw last year um, a citizens' movement starting and mm. people starting to speak, led by Pastor E, who's yeah. a pastor, a Christian. And you would notice that in his manner and in his speech, he would attribute a lot of things to God and he would call for prayer mm. and a lot of things. And you would see people posting scripture that if... If, if my people humble themselves and pray. And mm -hmm. we saw that at the courts, people humbling themselves and praying. We started seeing uh, different prayer meetings being organized throughout the year from last year till, uh, till about now. Actually, uh, Pastor Ivan actually had a night of hope, which was amazing in Blue Whale. And there were so many other prayers. I mean, even while this was happening, um, you, Sean, were part of a mm -hmm. prayer meeting that was done at the Unity mm -hmm. Square Gardens and yes. people were praying. Was all this God answering prayer, or this was just happening? It's just a coincidence that we were praying and this was happening. Because uh, when you read the news and watch the news and you watch them analyze this whole thing, this is a very um, peculiar situation. It's never really happened anywhere mm. in the world mm. where you have a coup that's not a coup. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, a lot of news pundits were analyzing this and, you know, outlining the way it was smartly done. It mm. was peaceful. It yeah. wasn't violent. And, you know, everything was just strangely peaceful. Sure. So now do you attribute that to God? Or was it careful planning on the military's part? Have they been planning this for years, waiting for the right time? Had they put strategies to, you know, to... Because to, it worked seamlessly, like a well-thought-out plan. Mm. Or was it just God putting things together? Mm. I think both. Okay. Uh, so I, God loves it when we pray. Yeah. And so a lot can be attributed to prayer. But we must be careful with that statement because... It's actually not our, our prayers that get it done, as it were. Okay. It's God who gets it done in answer to prayer. Yes. So both praying and God acting are, are both at work. Okay. So if we don't pray, uh, it's to say that God may not act. But God is all-powerful, and God can and will do whatever he determines and wants to do. Okay. But he invites us into the privilege of 
praying to him for his will to be done and his kingdom to come yeah. on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And so God loves to answer that prayer because it shows humble dependence on God, a trust in God as the sovereign one, yeah. almighty one, powerful one. And he loves to come through and answer that prayer that he could be glorified, not man. He could be glorified. Yes. Now, the military did have a part to play in it, yes. And some of those parts may not necessarily have been God-ordained parts. Yeah. Does God ordain sin? No, God gives man free will to obey or to sin. And some of what happened, there were definitely sinful elements, yeah. both in the march itself that yes. happened uh, on Saturday the yeah. 18th, yes. and in all the events leading up to it. Uh, you know, there were things that happened that were not of God yeah. in that. But I've seen and noticed that God can and sometimes even does use sin and sinful people to accomplish his purposes. I, I give me an example of that. Well, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you know, in Acts chapter 4, Luke tells us that when Peter and the guys prayed, he said, Lord, you appointed them and you chose them, even Pontius Pilate. <laughs> to accomplish what your hand and your plan had determined from before time. I mean, God even chose Judas to be part of the Twelve and used Judas's sin to sell out Jesus so that Jesus could go to the cross for you and me. So there is often sinful parts to play. So there's prayer in obedience mm -hmm. to God and righteousness that comes and God answers and loves it when his people are righteous. But also there is a sinful part in it that God can use to bring himself glory, even in the example of Jesus' death on the cross and how he orchestrated that mm. through sinful man to do it. That's a lot said in answer to your yes. one question about <laughs> was it in answer to prayer, was it God answering prayer, or was it the military? I think it's both. I think God gives the military a mind. He sets, in fact, Acts 17 is just brilliant. Paul's, uh, he says, God sets the times and seasons in which we live. You and me live in Zimbabwe now, and God determined that we did, the boundaries which we live. Yeah. And he allows us to take part in this nation, and we can either do things according to his will and his word, mm -hmm. or we can do things for our own selfish motive. Mm. And often it's a mix of both because no one is fully righteous, not one apart from Jesus. So even the best of Christians have sinful motives at times. And so can we attribute it all to God? Well, can you attribute sin to God? No, you can't. You can't say yeah. God caused me to sin or my sinful act was because God is all sovereign, almighty, all powerful, actually gives us free will. He's yeah. the only self-determining one on earth, yeah. as it were. Wow. So maybe then the the broader question would be how is one able to have been able to tell that what had occurred was his will fair enough he may not necessarily mm. push each individual person to do a specific thing they can err they can sin mm. but as you said it is in accordance with his will so he can use someone who's sinning mm. factor it into his will and mm. make sure that his will is still mm. enacted, it happens. Yeah. So how do we know that, let's say in, in the case of, all right, I want to make sure it's broad because I don't want yeah. the listeners to think this is just a Zimbabwe thing. Sure. Let's spread it and say, let's cross the Atlantic and get over to the States. Mm. There's a lot of people there that are conservative Christians. Yeah. Well, it is said that they believe this, that they are very sure that Trump 
was God's will, is God's will for the nation that definitely. Mm. And if we can transpose that onto us, that our new prison right now is again God's will. This has probably happened many times. How do we know that? Or how does maybe somebody who wasn't involved in an all-night prayer about that very topic know that what just happened, how do they identify that that over there, that was God's will occurring? Hmm. And that's a really great question. Uh, I think we sometimes don't know what is God's will and what's not, especially if both things or both possible things could be righteous things good things yeah because god's will is always good yes and god's god's will coming and his kingdom coming is a sign of the kingdom of heaven full of righteousness and truth and justice and mercy and grace and all the things of the kingdom of heaven if something is not righteous and true and good we could then say well that may not be the will of god or that is not the will of god but God can use that sinful action to accomplish his purpose, his greater purpose. Mm-hmm. So you could say, maybe I'll break it down to gambling. You know, if I pray and go to a gambling slot machine, Lord, <laughs> I need money. You're, in answer to my prayer, I'm going to go gambling. So I'm not just going to be a prayer, I'm going to be a doer. I need to get some money, right? <laughs> yeah. Go to the gambling machine, slot machine, and pull the thing and say, Lord, I'm praying and trusting you. I need money. You know I need money. I'm doing something active to get the money. Will you just bless this machine that the money comes out? Is that God's will? Is it God's will that you go gambling, for one? Is that mm-hmm. a faithful steward of his resources? And you're not killing anybody. You're not, you know, you're not lying or you're not yeah. cheating anybody. You're mm-hmm. using your hard-earned money to put in there. And money comes out. Was it God's will that the money came out to provide for your need? God wants to provide for you, yes. Yeah. Is it God's will that people are poor and don't have resources? You know, these are difficult questions yes. to answer. Yeah. I think the greater question is, no matter the circumstance, how do I bring about God's will despite the circumstance? How okay. do I glorify God within the circumstance? Has always got to be our question. Not God, why do you do this and why do you do that and, and why this and why that? Mm. Sorry, I'm leading us off in a different no. way here, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. we'll come back to that. And I think God answered Job incredibly. God never tells Job why he was suffering. Never in the book of Job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a righteous man. Mm. Who suffered much and then the last five chapters are incredible you know the from 38 to 42 is literally God questioning Job with over 60 questions and all Job says okay I'll keep quiet now I'm listening. <laughs> and then Job repents and God rebukes Job's stupid friends and they repent Job repents and says sorry God I only want to worship you your ways are far higher than my ways your thoughts are far higher than mine how do I glorify you? So asking the question, is this God's will or is this God's will, is not an easy question to answer okay. when we look at history. What, was it God's will? Was colonialism, imperialism, was that God's will? Mm. Mm-hmm. Say, well, there were sinful acts in it, and so that could not have been God's complete and whole will. That was devastating. What happened? Mm. What white people did to black people was terrible. Yeah. I, you could never say that's God's will. Yeah. Slavery, yeah. is that God's will? No. It's not. It's devastating. It's not according to the scripture. So how to look at God's will is to look at righteousness. Okay, let's come back to what happened. 
yeah. two weeks ago, in the last two weeks. What righteousness was there? What good thing? Okay, there was peace. God, mm. it is your will that peace comes. Okay, we can attribute that to God. Hey, no, but that was me. I'm the one who was peaceful. Mm. Well, who gave you the power and ability and self-control to be peaceful? That's a gift of God. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Hey, well, I don't believe in God, man, and I was still peaceful. Well, God is the one who ordains and, and channels our energies and desires, and mm. he can use sinful people who don't even know him to do stuff for his glory, as we've seen him do throughout the Bible. I hope that that's a very big yeah. overarching summary to that question. Did I actually answer the question? Clearly. The question was, was it attributed to God or the military? Yeah. So I would say both. Both God acts and uses man to act and fulfill his will, but he gives man free will to do what is righteous and good. And at the same time, man can use selfish motive and free will to do some things that are bad. Ultimately, we need to look at the situation and say, how is God glorified? Or how can we bring glory to God? How was God glorified through that process? And we say, God, there was peace. Thank you. We mm. saw that as part of your will mm. to bring peace. God, there was reconciliation. We saw black and white and Asian and, and colored and different ages coming together and families on the street in peace and in celebration. And there was joy. Mm. Wow, God, we can attribute that to you. Mm. So, so those are parts of the will of God. The things that weren't, well, I saw a bit of uh, drunkenness and some uh, debauchery on, mm-hmm. on Tuesday yeah. night in terms of celebration. And, and well, I, that's not God's will mm-hmm. that we do those things. Mm-hmm. So it's both. Okay. I have a question. Mm-hmm. What happens when, and uh, this is not, not, not to speak for God <laughs> or anything, but I, I'm thinking hypothetically here. What if um, God's will is, is uh, let's say, the, the removal of something or the destruction of something? Mm-hmm. For Again, we don't know his ways, so let's just assume it's for the greater long-term good. Something mm-hmm. had to be destroyed. But to us in the moment, it doesn't, it doesn't meet the requirements of, of looking righteous, at least to us mm-hmm. at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But how do you know then that I'm not happy about what just happened? Like in Job's story, mm-hmm. nowhere in that whole process did he ever doubt that God was involved in all of this somewhere. He, he kind of at least knew that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like today we forget and we'll be thinking, I'm suffering right now. Mm-hmm. This bad thing is happening. Um, is there ever an op- a time when that could be God's will? But... Mm-hmm. How do you tell then and then go enter into long suffering? Because it's easier to go into long suffering when you know, mm. okay, this is God's will. I, yeah. I'm going to hang in there. But then when you start thinking, oh, this is Satan at me or whatever, mm. you might tilt mm. in a different direction. So, so how, how does one determine mm. at that kind of a juncture what Either was God's will? Yeah. Can I throw in mm. something uh, that's aligned to this? Mm. Um, we've got this video. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it of mm-hmm. Prophet Makandiwa kind of prophesying these events. Mm-hmm. And apparently it happened <laughs> last year. Right. And just to add to what he says, what role does the prophetic play? Mm. And my question is, if the, the prophetic 
wouldn't it have been more beneficial if the prophetic had been released earlier rather than when things have happened? Mm. These are excellent questions. <laughs> so to do with the prophetic, yeah. I think, and then I'll come back to the one particularly about suffering and the will of God in suffering. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. very big top topic. But in terms of the prophetic, I think we have a danger these days of placing too much emphasis on the pro- prophet Mm-hmm. and the one who's bringing the message. Mm-hmm. And we have had the greatest prophet that ever lived, mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. and some that came before him uh, writing scripture, uh, John uh, writing Jesus' beloved, writing revelation for us, which is prof- very prophetic and still to be fulfilled. We have a danger in putting our hope in modern-day prophets when we have scripture to hold on to. Now, I'm not neglecting the gift of the prophetic. I believe the prophetic is a good gift and Mm. it's for today. I'm not against the prophetic, the prophetic word of God, but prophetic must always line up with scripture and must always be tested and seen, uh, lined up with scripture to test it and to weigh it. Mm. I get nervous of, of people who are drawn to prophets today it's very easy to draw a crowd when you want to tell them their future. People mm. want to know what their future is. The scripture tells us what our future is, and Jesus wins the battle. Yes. Jesus wins the day. And we get to experience, the Bible tells us and promises us that we get to experience, uh, for those who believe, heaven, that we have treasures kept for us in heaven by our Father, the one who's been faithful through all generations, kept by him for us in heaven, those who are faithful and who believe in Jesus. I mean, that's incredibly prophetic. Let's focus on that prophetic stuff, like what's to come and what's happening for us. If we focus on dates and names and things that are happening now, we Mm. put too much emphasis on the prophet and holding on to his word rather than Jesus, the ultimate prophet, and his word, mm-hmm. and what he says to us every day. So I would weigh seriously modern-day prophets' words uh, and take them uh, in a group of people and weigh them out. I wouldn't want to crush any modern-day prophets. I want to fan that gift into flame. Mm-hmm. But it must be weighed and tested and come with great humility. With authority, yes, but with great humility. Some prophets I see today, there's not much humility uh, about the prophet giving the word. And I would say there needs to be fruit of the spirit and fruit of salvation. And sadly, these days, the fruits that we look for are flashy cars, big numbers, Mm. nice suits, lots of money. That's not the fruit of the spirit that we're talking about. The fruit is when things are bad, are you still glorifying God? When you're suffering and sick, so I'm leading back into suffering. When you're suffering, when you're sick, when you don't have money, are you still generous? When you're sick, are you praying for the sick and Mm. believing for God's Mm. healing? When you've been hurt or injured or or, or said something bad to you, how do you respond graciously, mercifully, or do you retaliate and revile back? That would be the fruit of the spirit, not money and possessions and wild stuff like that. That's the kind of fruit that we're looking for in a true prophet of God, uh, a man Mm -hmm. of God. I hope that's helpful. I haven't actually listened to the prophetic word by, uh, you said Makandiwa or Magaya? Makandiwa. Makandiwa. I haven't actually listened to his prophetic word. I sometimes get put off by these and if it was fulfilled, great, praise God. Let God be glorified. Let's not glorify Mm -hmm. a man. Let's beware 
of idolizing a man, first and greatest sin and root of all sin is idolatry. Yes. When we love something or someone other than God, <laughs> uh, that's idolatry. Mm. And when we look to something or someone other than God, it's idolatry. And that is bad news. Mm. Can we come back into suffering? Yeah. yeah, sure. Is suffering God's will? Well, First Peter chapter 3 says that sometimes we, it is God's will that we suffer. That's in Scripture. First Peter chapter 3. I thought, why would God want us to suffer? How would that be, the will of God? Well, it's, it is the will of God. Paul says it interestingly in Colossians chapter 1. I think it's verse 29, 24, 29, somewhere there. He says, I fill up in my body that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the mm-hmm. sake of the church. It's like, what? What was lacking in the sufferings of Christ? Surely nothing. It accomplished everything. It was finished. Tetelestai, you said it. What is lacking? is a testimony of Jesus in our suffering. Mm. So mm. pointing mm. to Jesus, when my suffering points to Jesus on the cross and reminds people of how Jesus suffered on the cross, saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Yes. And I suffer due to unrighteousness and sinful people persecuting yes. me or for unrighteousness sake. And I say, forgive them, Father. And I love them. And I love my enemies. And I give to them. That points to Jesus. That's what's lacking today is the pointing to Jesus in our suffering. So our suffering can be God's will so that we become more righteous Mm. and more dependent on him and more grateful to him for the sufferings of Christ. And sharing in Christ's sufferings, what a joy that is. For the sake of the gospel, for the sake of righteousness advancing, to suffer is a joy. Now, I'm not being, a, uh, you know, I'm not promoting asceticism here and saying, go look for suffering so that you can glorify <laughs> Jesus. I'm saying, if you do, if it is the will of God that you do suffer, if you've got sickness, how do I glorify God with sickness? Well, you say, God, help me to have compassion for others who are sick when you're sick. And go pray for them, bless them, encourage them, serve them. Mm-hmm. When I'm sick and when I'm weak, 1 Corinthians 12 says the, the grace of God is sufficient because his power is made perfect when I'm weak, when I'm sick, when I'm down, mm. so that he can be glorified, not me. Mm. Too often when we're strong and wealthy and doing good, it's us that gets mm. glorified and we promote idolatry. So yes. actually suffering falls into the will of God when we point to Jesus and point to the glory of God, the strength of God, the power of God through the suffering and bring glory to him. Okay, so if, if I'm to to get it straight, wrap it up in mm-hmm. my head, I'd say it's it's not so much a question of who did it, mm-hmm. which is the fundamental question yeah. we're asking here, yeah. but or maybe we're not meant to spend our time even worrying about who did it mm-hmm. and spend more time trying to ask the question, what's God's will in this situation, rather than. Mm-hmm. Was it him? Was it not him? What, just what is his will? Because as you said from the beginning, everything really uh, is down to God. And, and we are autonomous, but not, not entirely so. Yeah. So we should look for God's will in the situation rather than trying to figure out mm. non-essentials. Like the essentials matter. The non-essentials, yeah. as it were, matter. And each one of us is responsible both for our actions and our inactions, Mm. for the sins we commit, Mm. 
our sins of omission, the things we don't do that we should do, and the mm. sins of commission, the things that we do do that we should not do. Mm. And we will be accountable to God, everyone, one day, for every word spoken, every glance that we gave, every thought that we've had, every heart motive, and everything. Therefore, they do matter. The things that seem non-consequential matter. The way in which we do everything. So our praying for our nation mattered. We were given account to God for that and mm. we can glorify him for it. Our not praying mattered. We will give account to God mm. for not praying. Mm. The words that we speak, the actions that we took, the songs that we sung, the words that we chanted, we are accountable to God for those. Every hateful word, every angry heart against President Mugabe will give an account one day to God. And so they do matter. But God gives us free will mm. to either obey him or to disobey him. Let's obey God. How do we obey God? How do we know what God's will is? I love Micah 6, 8. It just says, he has told you, O oh man, what is good, what we should do, to love justice, to, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with the Lord. I think if we do justice, if we, stand, if we speak out and stand up for the rights of those who are facing injustice, we're doing justice. Mm -hmm. If we bandage the wounds of those who have gone under the bus of injustice, we're doing justice. If we speak up on behalf of those who haven't been able to speak up, we're doing justice. If we don't, we will be held to account for our inaction. We'll be responsible. Therefore, God works with and through man to bring himself glory but he gives us free will whether we obey him and do his will or not. And we will be held to account for all, all that. So I would say it matters. You know, what we do and what we don't do matters. And what God does definitely matters. He's the creator and sustainer of all of life. Mm. Okay, so putting a different angle to it. Um, Psalm 37 Verse 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. From the scripture, you get a sense that God allows wicked people or people to succeed in their own ways, which mm. are not necessarily his ways. Mm. So my question is, this thing that happened, mm. was it a scenario of people succeeding in their own way and God allowed it to happen? Or was it a direct act of God to say, because we've seen God directly, you know, um, we've seen the prophecies and, and the Old Testament where God says, you know, such and such a uh, city or territory is going to be defeated and I'm going to raise up, you know, Cyrus, and he's going to come and do this, A, B, C, and D. We've mm. seen God move, yeah. uh, especially even in Exodus, where God came to the aid of, yeah. of, of the Israelites, and mm. he heard their prayers, mm. and he saw their suffering, yeah. right? And he came to deliver them. Mm -hmm. Was this a, a scenario whereby it was, you know, God seeing the people of Zimbabwe suffering, mm -hmm. coming to their aid, hearing the, the prayers of the righteous, and him coming and, and staring up in the heart of the army general to say, look, things are not well in this country. Um, 
politically it's unstable. Um, the political environment is tense. We've got to defuse the situation. Mm -hmm. And they come in and they do it as a result of being stirred mm -hmm. by God, even though mm -hmm. he, he, we don't know if he's a Christian or not. Sure. But let's just assume he wasn't, he's not a Christian. Mm. Is that a case where God is using someone who doesn't believe in him and stirring up in him a passion mm. to, to, to deliver the people just like he did uh, with, with Cyrus mm. yeah. and F Pharaoh and, mm. and all this? Is that mm. that situation or it's a situation where it's man succeeding in their own ways and God is just allowing it to happen? Mm. I would be careful with man succeeding. Uh, or feeling like he is succeeding yeah. even in prayer when we look at the tower of babel yeah. that was man feeling like wow we are building something amazing it's our prayers i even caught myself saying it on tuesday night we did it i was cheering with everyone and god got my heart and he said no 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 i did it uh -huh. I, yes you did it but i did it mm. yes you prayed but I'm sovereign. You're not God. I am. Mm. And oh, that God, God got me there. Mm -hmm. So I think it is both. But we must be careful of pride in saying we did. We delivered the nation. Our prayers. Mm. Let's not be self-righteous about it. Let's not think that we're so great and mighty that we could deliver Zimbabwe from what we went through. Yeah. We went through some stuff as a nation. Yeah. And let's trust in God for his wave of grace and mercy. If we don't see God in this, we could become so self-righteous and proud mm. and an arrogant nation that is self-sufficient and very productive. One of our problems as Zimbabweans is that we say, hey, we'll make a plan. Yeah. We, can make, we can do this. Yeah. We can face whatever comes at us and we will get through it. That kind of pride and arrogance is dangerous mm -hmm. and Zimbabwe must remain humble and continue to pray trust God and see every opportunity as an opportunity to bring glory to him I would say that it's both I would say God could well have used General Chuenga I don't know whether he's a believer or not he could well have uh, moved his heart his heart is in this you know is in the hands of God is mm -hmm. a stream in God's hands yeah. uh, whatever authority you're in and God can use that and sometimes God even hardens the heart of dictators for mm. his glory mm. and for the greater good of his people. Though we may not see it now, the danger is when we get across that sea that opens up for us and we see the miracles of God and food provided and great things and we still grumble. You know, we don't get across. We die in the desert place, 40 years mm. in a desert. So we could well be crossing over. But we could remain in a desert 40 years if we continue grumbling and complaining and are not faithful to what God's calling us to do. Okay. So just to be clear, mm. did our prayers matter? What, what would have happened if we hadn't prayed? Fantastic. Prayer matters because prayer ultimately shows dependency on God. Mm. Our prayers matter when they are dependent on God. If our prayers are demands at God, telling God what to do because we know better and we know what Zimbabwe should be like, we're in a dangerous place. Mm. Prayer matters, our prayers matter, but they need to be prayers of humility, dependence and trust in God, praying for his sovereign will. If Jesus himself had to say, Father, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done, 
then I think we've got to pray the same sort of stuff, you know. Not our will, but yours be done. Not what we want for Zimbabwe, but God, what you want for Zimbabwe. So prayer does matter. But whose will are we praying? Ours? Are we imposing our will on God? Or are we saying, God, what is your will? Your will be done. This pain that we're going through, the suffering we're going through, not our will, but yours be done. If this cup can't pass, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. TJ's got a question. Do you have a question? Oh, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so one of the questions that I was seeing that was coming up a lot was, <clears throat> say we attribute this to say, it's all in God's plan, it's God's will, he was doing this, right? And we attribute everything, let's give glory to God. The question that I saw that was coming up a lot was, why now? Why didn't he do it earlier when people were going through all of this terrible stuff? He was sitting on his throne watching, and he decides to do it now. Why? The, I, I, I sort of felt like a lot of anger there in the questions, and people were like, why now? Like, if it's you, why are you doing it now? This was us. It definitely has to be us. Mm. So what would you say to that? See, the danger comes again like Job is when we start questioning God. Where were you? Why did you allow this? Oh, God. And David laments. We got a whole book of lamentations. David laments a lot in Psalms. God, why? Why so long, O Lord? When is my deliverance coming? Where were you, God? Were you just sitting on your throne? We must be careful of those questions because God will just come back to us and say, where were you when I made the earth? Do you set the stars in place? Do you know them by name? Do you know this? Do you know that? Did you do this? You know? So we must be careful of questioning God and pointing a finger at God and say, you see, God, why did you take so long? Like, wh- what was holding you back? Why? And I would say that God was sustaining his people and protecting his people from far worse stuff. You know, we all des- deserve hell. We deserve far worse than we've had. We deserve incredibly, infinitely worse than what we've experienced. That's the truth. Because of our sin, you and me deserve to burn in hell for eternity. And God, by his grace, has sustained us through difficult periods. He's given us grace to survive, provision to survive. Yes, some have died, some have starved, some have gone hungry. Opportunity. Those are opportunities when we see sickness, when we see the poor, when we see... Those are opportunities for believers to step in and show the love and grace of God. That's God working through his sustaining power, through his church believers, to bring his grace, to be stewards of the grace of God, to love people. So we can say, God, why were you just sitting there? He's saying, no, I wasn't. I was sustaining my people to care for others. I I was withholding my true wrath (laughs) that you deserve from you as a nation. I was holding back. It's not that God was not doing anything. In fact, he sustains everything by the word of his power. The fact that we're breathing and sitting here talking together, it's because of God's sustaining power Mm. that we're doing that. So I think we must be careful of asking those kinds of questions to God, although we're permitted to lament but let's hear what God says back to us. He says, actually, I was sustaining you. I was providing for you. You were my hands and my feet and my voice in the midst of that. In fact, you know when the times are darkest? Light shines brightest. Mm-hmm. In the bright noonday sun, we don't need to turn a light on. But the church had the greatest opportunity. Believers had the greatest opportunity in dark times to shine brighter, even if their light was really dim and they didn't have much to contribute 
That's God saying, there's your opportunity, glorify me. And that's how we get to glorify God in the midst of uncertainty and challenges and difficulties and poverty and bond notes and long queues and whatever else. Use that as an opportunity to glorify God. That would be what I say uh, to most people when we go through suffering, difficulties, challenges. It's actually God withholding his wrath and actually empowering his church with an opportunity to shine brightly. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I, can't, I, can't say, I can't contest that. that. That's pretty straightforward. I like it. Say, can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's just come through. Uh, Jesus' greatest prayer for you and for me and for the world was that we would be one, that yes. we would be united, just yeah. as he and the Father and the Spirit are one. Yeah. And, and the reason he prays that we would be united is that the world would know this is John chapter 17, yeah. Jesus' final prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. He prayed that we would be one, united in our diversity, English, Shona, Debele, what, wherever you come from, whoever you are, whatever your age, whatever your diversity, that we would be one so that the world would know that the Father loves the world and that he sent Jesus for them. That's what John 17 mm. says. And in all this, let's remain united. Let's not get caught up in divisiveness and arguing with one another about why this happened and why that didn't happen and how you could do better. And, uh, let's forgive one another, bear with one another. In fact, the scripture says, Galatians 6.1, bear with one another. And when you do that, you fulfill the whole law of Christ, the whole of Christ's law by bearing with one another, by loving one another. That fulfills the scripture. So be united, love one another, bear with one another, forgive one another. Bring glory to God through those things. And go and register to vote and go and vote. <laughs> wow. That's good. BVR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sean. It's been a pleasure. Mbuzi. As always. It's Mbuzi, Mbuzi bro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Super. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank Feel you joy. very much. And yeah, wise words indeed. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.